John chapter 3, verse number 16. We do want to say thank you for being faithful on Wednesday night. And even during the, the holiday season when it, I don't know, tries to get a hold of us and make us all feel a little lazy. But you pushed through it. You came out. And you're here. We're going to hear from the word of the Lord. And God is going to help us here this evening. What an incredible Christmas play, drama, what, however you want to refer to it on Sunday. Wasn't that awesome? Blessed our hearts. Uh, very well done. God bless all of the ones that participated and helped. But uh, we just have a great, great drama crew. Uh, and they just do a wonderful job of giving God the glory. And so we have been... We have been talking about ministering concerning in the month of December on our relationship to one another, our biblical relationship to one another. And uh, we have learned, uh, we uh, took a couple of weeks and talked about uh, not judging, judge not. And we uh, went through and God showed us some uh, great, great, powerful uh, revelations. And then we... Uh, continued on uh, Wednesday night, and we learned about uh, forgiving one another and the importance of what it is to let go of things that are in your heart and don't harbor them, but uh, let them out and forgive and give it over to God. And tonight we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about love, love to one another. The Bible doesn't say love for one another; it says love to one another. Uh, because it is uh, an action word. It is a word of actions and deeds and expressions. And uh, we just want to uh, look into it uh, here tonight. Of course, uh, obviously, uh, we can barely touch this subject. You can preach on love all year and never exalt it, exhaust it. But I believe there's some things here this evening the Lord would like to speak uh, to us. So what an uh, adequate verse, John 3.16, for the Christmas season. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. Another place the Bible tells us that God is love, that God is love. And He dwells in us. Within ourselves, we would have the ability to love, but it would be a surface love. It would be a, a human love, which has limitations, which is usually dictated by circumstances and relationships. But God's love is without boundaries. It has, it has no limitations, and there are no qualifications. The Bible tells us why we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Lord sent His Son for the world. That means the worst sinner and the most righteous individual. God loves them all. And He wants us to love them all, he wants to love them through us. He wants to love us and us to love one another, allowing him to flow. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, your love that we feel. Here, God, tonight, while we were praying, we felt your mercy. 
We felt your forgiveness. We felt your love upon us. None of us in this building tonight are worthy of that love. But yet you love unconditionally. Father, you walked into this place. There are so many diverse situations in this building tonight. Yet you, God, like only you were able, were able to visit each and every one of us in a special way and touch us with your love and put hope inside of our hearts. I pray, God, that you would help your servant tonight. Help me to minister the word of God. Lord, that our ears would hear, that our hearts, God, would receive the word, that we would understand. We ask it in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody say, Lord, help me love my brother and my sister. I want you to go to two or three people near you. Mackies, you'll have to take a journey. But go to two or three people near you and tell them you love them in Jesus. Tell them you love them in Jesus. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. What a mighty God we serve. What a wonderful God. Amen. I think it is interesting that the very first time the Word of God uses the word love, it is dealing in the relationship of the father-son of Abraham and Isaac. In Genesis chapter 22 and verse 2, the Word of God says, And he said, Take now thy son, Thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. I don't believe it is a coincidence that the word love is used first associated to one of the greatest sacrifices that we see in the Word of God. It is also brought out and reached in with the text that we had here tonight. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I believe the Lord is trying to speak to me and you that we understand, that we get a little bit of an understanding that pure love and true love and to exercise love biblically, God's way, is going to, from time to time, if not even always, require sacrifice from me and you. When real love and pure love is flowing, it is willing to hear the words of God, obey the words of God, and do the words of God. That, friend, is pure and true love. There is nothing on this planet that can bring you and I greater joy, yet at the same time the most pain as love. Love by four is the most powerful emotion in the universe. God is love. 
And love causes you and I. It opens the door. It opens the reservoir, if you please. And it enables us to have feelings of goodness and pleasure towards one another in loving in Christ. Yet at the same time, when we may lose uh, something that we love, it brings an incredible pain. If you do not believe that, talk to a parent who has lost a child. Talk to uh, a sibling who has lost a brother or a sister. Talk to anyone who has lost a loved one, as we, uh, as we term it and uh, uh, refer to it. Why? Because our affections and our emotions are attached so greatly. God is love. He is the one that enables us to love this deeply. It is because of the power of love that I stand before you and I even adjure and address my own self. To let you and I know that there is nothing in this earth that we cannot conquer through the power of love. There is no temptation that we cannot conquer. There is no adversary that we cannot overcome. There is no situation in our life that comes against us that we cannot rise above it. I am not saying that it will not bring pain. I am not saying that it will not be difficult. I am saying that if we allow the love of God to flow through us the way he desires to do so, we can overcome and conquer anything in this life. If you believe that, put your hands together for him. The second time the word love is mentioned is is the love in the relationship between a husband and wife. Genesis chapter 24 and verse number 67. And Isaac brought her into his, uh, uh, into his mother's, Sarah's tent, and took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. When we study the word of the Lord, and I'm going to go on, there's a lot we could say about that, but I have some things I want to get to tonight. When we look into the word of God, the foundation of God's commandments, I want you to think about this. The foundation of God's commandments is love for you and I. Every commandment that God has ever given it is founded upon his love for me and you. Every command that he has given to me and you to obey and to exercise to one another or maybe to him, it is founded on the power of love. Matthew chapter 22, verse number 34. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thine heart. 
and with all of thy soul, and with all of thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. He went on to say, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all of the law and the prophets. Now we condense them into what we call the Ten Commandments. But I want you to look at them and remember what Jesus said. There, are, there is one foundation called love. Divided into two sections when it comes to the love of God or the commandments of God. When we look at the Ten Commandments, Commandments 1 through 4, Ye shall have no other God before me. Ye shall not make idols. Ye shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The commandments 1, 2, 3, and 4 is our relationship to God. And they are founded upon love. How I and according to my love for Him, you will see that I will put no God before Him. How in my love towards Him, I will not make any idols other than worshiping Him. From my love to him, I will not take his name in vain. And by love to him, I will rest and enjoy his presence. In the commandments from 5 through 10, notice, Honor your father and your mother. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor, and thou shalt not covet. Deuteronomy 6 and 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thine soul, and with all thine might. When the lawyer asked Jesus, what is the great commandment? He said, well, the greatest is to love your God, and the second is as the same and that is to love your neighbor. And when you fulfill the commandment of love to God and the commandment of love to one another, you fulfill all of the commandments of God, for they all hang on those. In other words, if your love is pure for Him, you will not break the commandments that go against Him, idols in His name in vain, not, not resting in Him and taking time to get to know Him on a personal level. If your love is right towards one another, you will not kill or steal or bear false witness or covet your neighbor or commit adultery with your neighbor's wife. You will not do these things if your love is pure. You see, what you and I need to get a hold of is that if we're going to make it in this thing, it's not about your standards. It's not about your do's and your don'ts. It's about your heart. And until you get love in your heart, 
Nothing else really matters. Everything I do on the outside, it's because I love him on the inside. If I'm treating you well on the outside, it's because I love you on the inside. If I'm treating you bad, there's a love problem. If there's no relationship, there's a love problem. All right. Jesus gave the foundation upon which all commandments and acts of life rest upon. The foundation upon which Christianity is based entirely is love. This single word, love, sums up the entire thinking, personality, character and structure of law of our heavenly father first john 4 and 8 states god is love so whatever love is that's what god is whatever god is that's what love is every decision that we make must be based on love any other foundation is erroneous, and the results will end horrific. The reason why we sit here today, and a lot of us have situations in our life that are chaotic and crazy that we brought into our own life, is because we need to check our love factor. Our love factor for him, and our love for one another. Everybody say love is necessary. You see, love is not an option. Love is not the icing on the cake. Love is not something that you do if you have finally uh, arrived as a mature saint of God. Love is something that should flow from, from me and you from the very first day that Jesus Christ enters in to our life. Love is the foundation. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 1. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass. And a tinkling symbol. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have not charity or love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity or love, it profiteth me nothing. Now you and I need to pay attention to what Paul the Apostle is saying in verses 1 through 3. Because I think we get this thing backwards sometimes. We spend all of our time and energy seeking God out. For the gift of miracles, the gift of knowledge, the gift of wisdom, the ability to operate in the spirit. 
We seek the face of God that we might have all of these wonderful gifts and operate in them. When if we would just fall in love with him and with one another according to the word of God through the power of love, these things would flow. They would flow out of you like a river. You wouldn't be able to stop it. If the love's flowing, the gifts are flowing. If love's flowing, healing's flowing. If love is flowing, knowledge is flowing. God doesn't mind giving you knowledge if he knows you love. He fears giving you knowledge if you judge doesn't give you knowledge to judge. Gives you knowledge to love and to help. Love is what we need to seek. God, reestablish me in a position of love with you. Reestablish me that when that no matter what happens, God, that I can view my brother and sister or the enemy or the adversary uh, that come against us, and I'm speaking on the fleshly realm that come against us, God. Let me view them like you viewed them on the cross. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Listen, those words were flowing out of love. He so loved the world that even while they were crucifying him, the Bible says for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He was so in love, what was to come, he basically ignored what was happening. Love has a way and an ability to lift you up out of your current circumstance and allow you to see those that may be treating you wrong in a whole different way and see them in tomorrow where everything's going to be all right and God's going to forgive and we're going to be okay and we're going to fix this because I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to love you. Love has a way to lift you up out. is what the gospel is carried on. Bear with me. I'm going to try to get to what I want to teach here in a minute. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 31. Paul the apostle says, Covet earnestly the best gifts. I just read to you in chapter 13 that follows that, that if he, he said, if you've got all the gifts of the Spirit and you have all faith and all knowledge and you move mountains and you do unbelievable things, but you don't have love, they're going to profit you nothing. He says in 1231, covet earnestly the best gifts and yet show I unto you a more excellent way what is he talking about he launches in chapter 13 talking about love for God love for one another 
Yes, desire the best gifts. Yes, reach after those. But I've got a better way, Paul says. If you'll reach after love, all these other things will just flow with it. Chapter 13 is what Paul is speaking about concerning love. My access to spirituality to myself and my access to God to be able to impact my brother and my sister flows through love. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8, we're familiar, we're familiar with these verses, but I just want to uh, break these down a little bit and then we'll be done tonight. I won't be able to get past that. In 1 Corinthians 13 and chapter 4, the Bible tells us that charity or love suffereth long. Everybody say, suffereth long. That word suffereth there, it means to forbear, to put up with, to be patient. How many of y'all know someone annoying? Brother Bowling kind of waving at me while he was. I, am I annoying you? We all know someone annoying. And guess what? Somebody knows you and they think you're annoying. Goes both ways. Wait till you're married. I'm brave when my wife's not around. This thing that Paul's talking about, he's calling love. That he wants me and you to possess. It's too often we sort of make this a God characteristic. Only God can do that. Only God can be that way. God says no. That's why I gave you my spirit, so that you can be that way. I'll help you be like that. I will help you forbear. I will help you be patient. I will help you put up with it. In Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. The discretion of a man. Deferreth his anger and in his glory to pass over a transgression. Love has the ability when something comes up against us and anger begins to rise up. If the love is balanced in your life, it'll rise up higher and it'll push it back down, and you will pass by that moment of anger. Every one of us know we're better off when we do that. We all mess up when we let our anger out, don't we? Love is kind. Now that word kind there means to show oneself useful. But that doesn't just mean I'm, I'm kind. Just be kind to someone. No, 
Love is an active word. This, this word here, kind, means to be active in someone's life. Make yourself useful. Whatever it is that they're facing, whatever they're going through, to love them enough, to know them enough, to know where they're at and what they're facing, and get up and try to help them and do something about it. If it's nothing but just a prayer meeting, it's more than just showing an expression of goodness towards someone. It is to make yourself useful to them. Ephesians 4 and 32 says, and be kind one to another, be useful one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. That's a powerful word. Forgive one another, even as God, for the sake of the cross, hath forgiven you. How many times have we stood before God and done the same thing the 102nd time and said, Lord, we'll never do it again. I can only imagine the wrath and the justness and the righteousness of God would like to just rise up and just squash you and say, you are hopeless. But if that hand of righteousness and judgment ever made it an inch off the arm of the throne, I want to tell you that the presence of Calvary hovering over that and hovering over you says, no, let's make it 103. Let's forgive them one more time. Let's do this again. It's called love. And so the Lord says, this is what I am asking of you, to make yourself useful, to show your love to another. And how do we do that? One of the most powerful ways is, is forgiving one another. Charity envieth not. That word envieth means to have a, a zealous desire. Genesis chapter 37 talks about Joseph and his brothers. And the Bible says that they had envy towards him. And we know what happened. This envy grew to the point where they took him and they put him in a, a pit with no water. The Bible says, and they were going to kill him, but I believe it was Judah, uh, Judah that, or Simon, one of the two that said, no, you have to go home and study it. And I believe it was Judah and said no. And he wanted to uh, protect him and said, no, let's don't kill him. And so then while he was out and he had intentions of coming back and getting his brother out of the pit. But while he was gone, his other brethren saw a caravan come and they sold him into slavery. And that's what envy will do. So we cannot, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we cannot sit there and let a little envy get in our heart. Well, why is pastor promoting him? Why is pastor so nice to her? Why does pastor always shake his hand? He'll never shake my hand. And, and, and I, I do things. I work. He doesn't ever come by and say thank you to me. And, and well, because you're busy working. 
I'm, I'm stopping off to the other guy saying hi to him, hoping he'll catch on that he needs to be worshiped. And you over there getting all into it. And then, you know, one another and our friendships and relationships. And someone, uh, someone else new will come up and one of our friends, they'll want to hang out with someone else a little bit more. And envy begins to rise up in, in these relationships. And at first you think, well, it's okay. And Satan deceives us and helps us keep it quiet and private in our heart. And we keep it at home. But it, it grows and it grows and it grows. And the next thing you know, your enemies with with whom used to be your best friends. And it all came out of envy. And if you could put them in a pit with no water, you'd do it. And if you could sell them to a caravan into Egypt, into slavery, you'd do it. Because that envy has grown on the inside of you. And so the Bible tells us love envieth not. Love is excited. When someone seems to be being more blessed than you, and love says, love gets excited for them. Love, the Bible tells us, rejoices with those that rejoices, weeps with those that weep. That's what love does. Love's excited when someone is being blessed and being touched and being helped. All of those things. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 1, Wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speaking. Bible says lay them aside. Don't let them get a hold of your heart. This is the kind of love that God is talking about if you and I are going to have a proper relationship with one another, a biblical relationship, because I promise you, you will not, you will not, it won't take very long that you get to know someone that there is not an opportunity for you to become envious of that person. The opportunity will be there. And what does that do? That checks your love level. You ought, to, you ought to rejoice with them, be thankful for them. Whatever it is that you may be facing, whatever it is that you may be going through, God watches you, and when you rejoice with someone else that seems to be um, getting the edge or whatever, uh, how, how you may view it, God watches you. He hasn't forgotten you. He loves you. I, our greatest opportunity and moment to truly show our love and let it flow through us is when we are in our most difficult times of life. When we are going through our most difficult moments of life is the most prime opportunity for you and I to actually reveal what is really on the inside of us and to love our brothers and love our sisters and to be there for them. Can you say amen? Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 10 the Bible tells us, first of all, as Paul continues on, he said, love vaunteth not itself. It doesn't boast of itself against another when something's going your way. And so here are, are two things that are, uh, uh, that are sort of opposing to one another, right? So love doesn't envy the brother. So when the brother or sister has something happening or going their way, uh, love doesn't envy them. But it, the coin flips, right? So when something's going your way, true love doesn't get up in the face of someone that happens to be down at the moment. Say, well, God must love me. Well, he must love me more than he loves you. That's what that Pharisee was doing. Lord, I'm so thankful I'm not like that dirty sinner over there. God, I, 
I wash my hands ten times a day. Lord, I wash my plates before I, I eat out of them. God, I follow your rules. I pay my tithe all the way to the little cutting of the little uh, grain of herbs. Lord, I just, I'm not like that no more, Lord. What was he doing? He was vaunting. He was boasting himself up against someone else who at that moment just simply had luck gone bad. Things had just gone wrong in his life. Remember what the Bible says. That the same afflictions that come upon the children of the world come upon the children of God. And that means not me or you are exempt from something disastrous happening in this life. My boy Caleb's a good boy. Loves the Lord. He's working hard in the church up in Milton, him and his wife. A few days ago, uh, his truck hydroplane got into a three-car accident, almost totaled his truck. He's okay. But there was vehicles were damaged. And so, you know, no problem. Your insurance, sir, no problem. Here it is. And what they didn't know is that they had forgotten. They switched credit cards, and they forgot to go online and change that over for their insurance. And so when the insurance went to draw against the card, the card wasn't good anymore. And their insurance had lapsed, and they didn't even know it lapsed. They thought everything was just perfectly fine. And he found out after he nearly totaled his truck, $5,000 in damage, that he didn't even have insurance. Now, Jesus said, the one the tower fell on, you know, the 18 sirens, the one the tower fell on, were they greater sinners than anyone else? He said, no, they just happened to be standing where the tower fell on. Bad luck, bad day. Things happen. Things are going to come your way. It's not always going to be good for you. Bad things are going to happen. Bad things are going to come. And do you know what I want? I want credit in my bank account. I want to know that when my brother was having a bad time and I was having a good time, that I didn't boast against him. Instead, I did the biblical kindness. And what does that mean? I made myself useful in his life. And if he couldn't pay his rent, I helped him pay his rent. And if he couldn't get groceries, I helped him get groceries. And if he needed a ride somewhere, I gave it to him. And if he just needed encouragement, I was there for him. And I gave him kindness according to the word of God. I made myself useful in his life. And now that I'm down and things have come against me, God is going to look at that. And he's going to see how I had treated my brother and did right to my brother and sister. And I'm telling you, it's going to come back to you. In fact, the Bible says, a hundredfold. It'll come back. What love does for you. It doesn't, it doesn't boast itself against another. Only by pride cometh contention. But with, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Pride or boastfulness brings contention. I want to finish with this. It's not puffed up. That word puffed up means, means to inflate. 1 Samuel 25 is a good story for this. David, Nabal, and Abigail. Nabal would not give them um, some bread. David got all out of whack, got his army together, and he was going to go kill the entire family of Nabal. Abigail heard about it, got some bread and cakes together, got on her horse, took some servants, and rode out and fell before the face of David begged him not to do this thing against her husband, whom she called a foolish man. And you know what David said to her? He said, God bless you, woman, for you have stayed me in my life. 
God prevented me from doing something very foolish. David had realized he blew it out of proportion. That's how we talk about it, right? You look at someone and say, dude, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. Do y'all say that here? You have blown that out of proportion. You know where that comes from? It comes from lack of love. When the love of God is not flowing through us, little things become big things. Little words become daggers and swords in us. Little actions from someone becomes life-threatening and killing to us. The next thing we want to know, we want to rise up and we want to come against it. We inflate it. That's what that word right there, don't puff up. It doesn't puff up. It doesn't inflate situations. It doesn't blow things out of proportion. Why? Because it was flowing in love. You know what love does? Love, they'll love or hear something, love for all they remember. Love will, love will find out something that, that was done, and they'll say, they, they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know that would hurt me. They didn't know what that would cost me. They didn't know how that would come against me. Love don't go after vengeance and try to uh, get all up in the business and blow it up out of proportion and get the person fired or turn people against them or go on Facebook and blow the thing out of, off the rocker. You do know that stuff never comes back, right? why you have one of those. That's killing you. That's pulling your dirty laundry out for the world to see and hear. Are you insane? You're embarrassing Jesus putting stuff out there like that. Shut that down and stop that foolishness. You want to be on Facebook? Talk about God. Someone does you wrong? Talk about Talk good about them. Don't say what they did wrong and then say, you know, spend 20 minutes saying what they did wrong and then three minutes saying, but I forgive them. But I love them in Jesus. Me and Jesus, we love them. You don't even mention the wrong. That's what love does. Jesus doesn't mention your wrong. When he stands before the Father, he just, I see the blood. Cover it. Just cover it. You don't mention the wrong. You just love them, speak well of them. I hit on that a couple of weeks ago, too. I'm telling you, there's a spirit happening in that. It's destroying lives. I don't care if it is the truth. Not all truth needs to be told. You can be a sower of discord telling the truth. And God hates sowers of discord. Wow, I got to get going here. Merry Christmas. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Unseemly. You want to get back on Facebook? We can get on Facebook right here. Love doesn't go about acting like a fool. Behaving itself unseemly. Saying stupid stuff. Flaunting itself to the public. Embarrassing. Do you know what David said? When Saul died on Mount Gilboa? David said, don't touch the sword. Don't tell it in Gath. You know what Gath was, right? Gath was the land of the giants. He said, don't let my enemies know about it. 
like public school. Go get his body and bring it back. We're going to give him an honorable burial. That was the man that hunted him like a, the Bible says, like dogs would hunt a, a bird in the wilderness. He saw hunted David and tried to kill him. And when him and his son, uh, Jonathan, died in that battle, David said, whatever you do, don't publish this. Don't, don't spread the fall of God's anointed so that the world and the enemy can rejoice. People shut up. That's why we're family. You, you hold these things in. I'm going to show you something in a second in these definitions of love. You hold these things in. You deal with those things internally. You don't embarrass the name of Jesus Christ. It's called brothers and sisters. It's called family. We take care. We don't let it go. We take care of it, but we don't spread it out either. We don't shame on it. Seeketh not her own. It means not to worship herself or to plot against another. Let's continue. Not easily provoked or to be aspirated. So not every little thing comes around. I got so much scripture here. Matthew 5, 22, James uh, 1 and 19. Thinketh no evil. <laughs> I like that right there. Thinketh no evil. That word there means what that means there is it doesn't take inventory. How many of you are keeping score? That's like that person says, that's a nice time you've done that, but, you know, who's counting? Well, obviously you are. Because you got the numbers. Love doesn't keep score. Love doesn't count how many times. The disciples came up to the Lord, and they said, how many times did he forgive them? Seven times? Thank you. The Lord said, are you kidding me? How about seven times 70? In one day, that's 490 times, Bruce. That's how many times I have to forgive you if you come and ask for forgiveness. Now, that's what the Lord says. If they ask you forgiveness, how many times do we have to forgive? 490 times. You mean if they do the same thing over and over and over and over and over? Yes. Yes, that's what I mean. You know why? Because that's how I forgive you. Every day. That's how I forgive you. I'm not keeping track. When I forgive you, it's gone. So every time you come to me, it's like the first time. And that's what he's talking about. Seventy, seven times seventy. In other words, when you forgive, the next time it happens, it ought to be like the first time. Matthew 18 and 21, uh, verse 21 and 22 is what I just spoke about. Rejoiceth not in iniquity. That means that we don't. We're not happy when our brothers and sisters fail. We're not happy about it. Proverbs 24 and 17. I'm sorry, I'm closing as quick as I can. I only got nine people here and four of them are leaving. Rejoice not when thy enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he, when he stumbleth. So we, we don't love, doesn't get excited when finally it appears in your eyes. That God has just swatted them upside the head for something they did to you. I guarantee you that is not why trouble has hit their life. Otherwise, you and I would be in trouble. That's not what God does. That's not how he acts. And so the Bible says, when your enemy falleth, when your brother or sister who may have done you wrong or treated you unjustly, 
when something bad comes your way, situation happens, and other other places in the Word of God, what is what does Jesus say? He said, "Pray for those who despitefully use you, bless them, feed them, those that steal from you, give to them." They bear all things. That means to you know this word. I'm I'm gonna try to uh, try to close here. This, it says, it beareth all things. That word means to cover with kindness. People who love know how to keep secrets. Can I give you a bit of wisdom? If someone tells you a secret, never tell them a secret. Make sense. <laughs> I got to tell you something. Have you heard about this? I heard about this. My mom said, Bill, I will never help you earn heaven. How many of us in this room know right now that you can count on one hand whom you would actually truly trust to tell your deepest secret? And on that one hand, might just be one person. If you're lucky, two. If you're unbelievably blessed, three. Four, someone's lying to you. Beareth all things, covers with silence. Galatians 6 and 2. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. When someone comes and they bear out something to you because it's been burdened upon them, they have a weakness in their life, there's a difficulty in their life, there's something coming on, and they come to you and they ask you for prayer, and, and they're, they're asking for strength, and they're looking for maybe some guidance and some wisdom and some instruction. The Lord says, love would never repeat that. Love would bring it to the cross and help them pray and help them seek God. It's what Jesus did, 1 Peter 2.24, I'm closing. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body. You know what he did? He covered my sins in his body. He had And he cast them before as the east is from the west. Never to be held against man. It's God. Thanks a lot. Real quick, it says, believeth all things. That means to trust, to give credit, to be convinced. Man, I, I wish I had time. Hopeth all things, to expect, endureth all things, to remain, to help. so blessed. I'm listening to a brother. He's gone now. Brother Griffin. And then another brother, Brother Ray. I don't think Ray's here. Yeah. Anyway. Preaching an incredible message. Incredible. Uh, about forgiveness and judging and things like that. 
Mm. Now, the church takes his head aside and puts Saul's message into an iron and foreign mold. I'm not saying that's crazy. I don't think it's supernatural, do you? Oh, I can preach on it. It's biblical. So, in this season, learning better how to have relationships with one another, not judging one another. We're all heavy laden enough, aren't we? But the question is, we can't preach from Saul to Saul. We judge ourselves pretty bad anyway. Not judging one another, learning to forgive one another, and learning to love one another. This is what God wants in this community of the church. So that when people walk through that doors that have been ripped to pieces by a world that has judged them, held grudges against them, and has shown them nothing but hatred and ungodliness, that when they walk through those doors, they can immediately feel something different. God's love, and listen to me, God's love cannot be felt in this church until we learn say you love God. Huh? When you can't love your brother. Don't say you love God whom you can't see. When you can't even love your brother who you can see. God's love is not expressed. In, how is his love expressed? It's expressed by us loving one another. His love flows through us. People come to an altar and receive forgiveness because they are surrounded by people who are willing to forgive. Forgiveness flows through us. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I pray, Lord, that it will get deep into our hearts and deep into our spirits and that we'll leave here tonight thinking about this. Lord, how can I love my brother and sister better? Some of us, God, we've had some Incredible, difficult things happen. People have done things to us that have hurt deeper than anyone can imagine. Only your love can help us overcome that. Only if we practice biblical love can we overcome what has devastated our lives. I'm asking you, Lord, that we give thought and time to these things and that we respond to our brothers and sisters the way you want us to. 
And if we'll make ourselves available and make ourselves useful, then I believe a love will begin to grow in us, God, that cannot be defeated, cannot be pushed down by the hand of the adversary or by circumstances in life. But that love will remain strong in us. And your name will be glorified through the good deeds of your children. I pray it, Lord, in the wonderful, mighty name of Jesus Christ. Everyone say amen. So you're going to go to people and you're going to say, I judge thee not, I forgive you, and I love you. All right? Find somebody. Find somebody you don't like.